Welcome back to the Sudesh Podcast. In the previous episode, we heard how a minister was sent to get Guru Hargobin from jail. We heard of the Guru's refusal. We heard how Vizir Khan explained the previous relationships of the Gurus with the Mughal Empire. How Guru Nanak blessed Babur with a kingdom that would run through his lineage. How the next successor of Babur, Hamayun, how he received a blessing from Guru Angad Dev Ji. And how the following emperor after Hamayun, Akbar, received a blessing from Guru Amar Das. And as a result, donated many villages and their revenue to the Guru's house. Now, those villages, that land, would be the land which Harmandar Sahib of Amritsar would be built upon. So, the chapter ended describing Guru Hargobin promising to take care of the kings that were serving life sentences in the Gwalior jail. Now, chapter 64 begins describing how Vizir Khan then takes off to the Gwalior fort to bring out Guru Hargobin. But over in Delhi, a very old Pir was traveling into the city. Now, commentators have said that this could have been Miyamir. So when Jahangir heard about this, he went to go meet this exalted, very old Pir, who was extremely old. His body was old, very old and skinny and weak, but he forever kept his attention inward on the self with great fortitude. His eyebrows were very white, they were glistening, they were drooped down over his eyes. That's how long they were, that's how old he was. He would only speak if excessively called upon, and with his ability and power of yoga, he had lived to quite an old age. He was so inwardly focused, he didn't really care about the world. He just was submerged in this bliss of enlightenment, which he kept firm in his heart. All the Mughal emperors greatly respected him. They would offer great amounts of money to him as charity. So Jahangir had gone out of the city to meet with this beer, who was on a palanquin. Jahangir walked in front of the palanquin, humbly with no shoes on. So when they stopped traveling, Jahangir then bowed down to the Pir. He had sent away everyone else so they could talk in private. Jahangir then asked the Pir, What are the distinct and rare qualities of a sant, a saint? Explain them all to me. How by holding on to these qualities, these saints live in such bliss, detached from any pain, and not subservient to anyone in both worlds. The Pir then re- replied saying, sure, listen to the description of the beautiful jewelry of good qualities that the saints wear. And by adorning them, they remain unaffected by all the vices. The saints stopped all deeply entrenched habits and, and impressions of the mind. Even the thought of desire is dispelled. They remain desireless attached to that one divine. Their desireless heart has thus been cooled. This is what we call Sahajbirti, the spontaneous state of the mind, or the state of enlightenment of the mind. This is the status of the liberated while alive saint, Jivan Mukt. No thoughts arise up and take form in the mind of such a person. They live in the world as if they are dead. They have abandoned all superfluous pleasures because they are imbued and continually enjoying the pleasure of the divine seen everywhere. 
they remain in the extreme bliss of the self. Everything else to them as pleasure is just as if a blade of grass. Their sensory organs have become passive. Whatever they require to use in the world, as it comes, so they use. They don't force anything or press themselves for anything. The waves of desire travel away from the shore of their self. Even then, they have obtained all powers of miracles, but they don't think about using them. They have such an internal strength to them that even just blowing air, they could destroy, they could blow away the entire universe. They could snap the sun and moon into pieces and quickly snatch up all the stars in their hand. Even then, they remain focused on the internal self. They don't even let that thought about using miracles arise in their mind. If any thought does rise in their self, they climb on top of it and remain vigilant, like a watchguard. But really, how can any thought arise in their minds? They don't allow any to arise. They've conquered their mind. Their state of being is like someone who is dead. They are completely absorbed in the bliss of the self, of the divine. Such was the son of Guru Ramdas, Guru Arjan Dev Ji, the remover of all pain and duality. When he was imprisoned in Lahore, the vile and wicked men bugged him greatly. They said to him, Give us a hundred thousand rupees and we'll let you sleep. If you want to eat or drink anything, give us another hundred thousand. Guru Arjan Dev Ji replied saying, I won't eat anything, I won't drink anything, and I won't sleep here. I'll remain seated here in stillness. Those six that were with the Guru, they saw it all happen, and it pained them greatly. Jetha, Prana, and them, they said to the Guru, If you command us, we'll take Lahore and Dili in each hand and crush them together. We'll destroy them all. Guru Arjan Dev Ji replied to them, saying, Well, where have you got all these powers? They replied, Oh, Master, we've gained these powers from serving you. Guru Arjan then said, So, where you got these powers from, that service you performed, don't you think that place also holds these powers? The six replied, Oh, Master, you have endless powers. There's no beginning or end to them. Guru Arjan Dev Ji then commanded them, Well, then be quiet now. I am the cause and I am acting out all of this on my own accord. Then I heard that Guru Arjan Dev Ji endured torture in silence, not saying anything. I went to receive their darshan and bow down in front of the Guru. I said, Blessed, blessed are you, Guru Arjan Dev Ji. There is truly no one like you in the entire world. The courage and bravery that you hold, no one else has come close to that. So listening to this, Jahangir's heart began to drop. He clasped his hands together and said to the Pir, No one has yet told me about this. I didn't hear about this earlier, about how great of a person Guru Arjan Dev Ji was. No one sang the praises of Guru Arjan close to me. So much time had passed. Now you're telling me only now? The Pir then said, Oh Jahangir, you are a worldly person. How would you even understand the greatness of Guru Arjan Dev Ji? Even I have not understood the limits of the Guru's greatness. How could I then come and speak that to you? Jahangir then replied to the Peer saying, Well, Guru Arjan Dev Ji isn't Muslim though. He's Hindu, a native of Hindustan. 
it doesn't make sense to praise him. In our ideology, they think of praising any native of, of Hindustan as a sin. Why are you praising him? The Pir then responded to Jahangir, Listen, Emperor. Also listen to the reason why I praise the Guru this much. And go ask all the other Pirs as well. That when we meditate, and when we go to Durga, the Divine's court, everyone there is speaking about Guru Arjan Devji. And when the Divine comes out and into the court, everyone only sees Guru Arjan Devji. All the Pirs are there to see this. We don't have faith in any other, only Guru Arjan Devji. They all say there that uh, there's no distinction between Khuda and Guru Arjan. Whoever is sitting on the throne of Guru Nanak, that is the very form of the Khuda, which looks gracefully upon us. If you do not believe me, what I say, then go ask the other Pirs to clear your doubt. When Jahangir heard this, he asked again, O Pir, why did you not tell me this before so I could go treat them with great respect, freeing them and donating great amounts of wealth to them to receive their blessing? The Pir heard this question and responded, In front of Guru Arjan, what could we say? When he obtained what he wanted to there in Lahore, even I, when I watched, I forgot how powerful the Guru was. And he even told us that we should not interject into their own kale, their own play, their own drama. He gave the same command to even Brahma and Shiv who came down to offer help, saying to them, don't interfere with our play. The heavenly beings, the nine Naths, the 84 Siddhs, and other peers and Fakirs, Sanyasis, all these spiritually accomplished beings, they all came. They were all afraid of the Guru and obeyed the Guru's command not to interfere. So no one did anything. But Guru Arjan Devji is all powerful in every way. With a hundred thousand powers in his right hand and millions in his left. If the Guru would even just say one word, he could destroy the entire world, including your kingdom. The sky and earth would disappear. Everyone would be ground down into dust, which would fly away. No one can compare their strength in front of Guru Arjan. But the way it happened, his passing, was how he wanted it to happen. He had infinite power and chose to be powerless there. This was their truly distinctive and special trait that they didn't allow any thought to arise there at any point. Forever in the spontaneous state of mind, the enlightened state of mind, their heart and consciousness was calm and cool. He was drenched and intoxicated with that bliss of the self. Fully liberated while being alive, he kept his mind focused on that one divine flavor, feeling of bliss, never forgetting it. If one experiences pain in the heart internally, then one experiences the pains of the world as well. But Guru Arjun Devji was the very form of bliss and compassion. He passed away along the river Ravi. Six had brought sandalwood to make a funeral prior before cremating the Guru. A large congregation formed there and they showered flowers like rain over the Guru and sprinkled many scents. Kirtan was sung there at length at that place as well. The emperor now heard this and was extremely shocked. He couldn't even speak in front of the beard at this point. He just bowed down 
and then went back home. He was thinking that Jandu had done all of this. Now this, all the sadhus, the holy men, had placed this fault upon my head. He was thinking that Jandu kept telling me that the guru was keeping thieves. He kept lying and slandering the guru in front of me. You know, it's Jandu who is the one who did all of this, all this evil. And now I'll be thrown in the hells for this. Well, maybe now the sun is close to me, Guru Hargobin. Maybe he'll forgive my faults. I will make him happy and hand Jandu over to him. And I'll clasp my hands together in front of him and beg for forgiveness. Only then I will be forgiven, if I please Guru Hargobin. So Jahangir was thinking this, and he began to await for the Guru's arrival, hoping the Guru would come quickly to Dili now. And at this point, Wazir Khan was heading there to bring the Guru out. So that's how chapter 64 concludes. In the next chapter, we'll hear the discussion between Wazir Khan and Guru Hargobind, how the Guru advocates for the imprisoned kings, and how Wazir Khan then relates this back to Emperor Jahangir. So that's where we'll pick up next time. But we'd like to thank everybody who's been contributing and supporting the podcast through the Mangalacharan Patreon page.